Welcome to the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. My name is Sally Harrison, and I'm the CEO of the Mesa Chamber of Commerce. Today, we're in the University of Phoenix podcast studio, and joining me today as our special guest, again, is our friend Larry Young, owner of Boiling Frog Development. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Again. <laughs> this is like, you know, some people want to be paid staff. Yeah, to I know. Be here I, I should much. be on W2 or something, huh? <laughs> we'll yeah. figure that out at the end. Oh, well, we're glad you're back. The The last few times you've been here, we have been um, talking about your new book, Walk the Sales Plank, which, uh, you know, if you haven't bought it yet, people, you be, need to go on Amazon and check it out. Um, and we've talked a lot about sales. As the owner of Boiling Frog Development, you are a leadership coach as well, and you train leaders to recognize their environment has changed. Let's talk about leadership today. Absolutely. Sounds fun. Yeah. What makes up a great leadership coach, or what is it really that you do? Yeah. The, um, the leadership coaching uh, industry has changed over the last uh, a number of years. It used to be when leadership coaches or the title would come out, you know, a leadership coach was responsible for helping somebody that maybe wasn't performing well, was right. maybe on their way out, and they were relegated to somebody that would try to turn the ship around, sure. if you will. But leadership coaching has changed. You know, leaders that are dynamic and that are going places and they're moving in their organization need that extra bit of an accountability. Mm -hmm. And so you hear a lot of times uh, in the leadership coaching world that they're a mentor or maybe they're somebody to listen to almost like a therapist. <laughs> and so we all need that. We all need it because it's lonely on the top, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's lonely there. But uh, one of the things that I focus in and try to do different is by trying to spend time and have a relationship with the leader. So mm -hmm. I have very few select clients that I do this for, but it's really to challenge them, Sally, to think different. Don't think about things the way they've always done, hence sure. boiling frog, right? right? Thinking about things in a different way or recognizing that your leadership has right. changed. Yeah. Right. Well, you have to. I mean, times change. Everything around us changes. So how can we stay, you know, back in what, the 80s or 90s maybe? That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, what do you see as some of the best qualities that successful leaders have? Well, I, I think know you work with a lot of them. Yeah, so. there's a and the, and uh, there's there's a number of them. I think there's a couple that come to mind. I think the first is courage, and yes. great leaders, I think, unanimously will have courage. And courage comes in a lot of different forms. It's not fearless like a Viking that you know leaps before they look. <laughs> courage is the is kind of the idea of um, uh, taking a chance or making a decision and sticking behind it. Mm -hmm. There was a fascinating uh, Inc. Magazine did a, a survey, and they looked at 2,600 CEOs that had been fired from their job. So these are people that had made a decision, right? And mm -hmm. then it obviously right didn't, wrong. Wrong, right <laughs> or wrong, didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. But what they found is that, that those individuals went on, 91% of them went on to a position of equal or greater responsibility. Interesting. Because they were able to learn from their decision. And that courage comes in lots of forms, maybe telling an employee that they need to do something better or giving better feedback. Uh -huh. I think the second thing, and I love this one, uh, is that great leaders develop their people. Mm -hmm. And they take the time. So when... When they come in each day and the door clicks behind them, the thought that they have is, how do I make this a better experience for my team? Mm -hmm. So I'm asked all the time, Sally, you know, when, when, when I was brought in to, to rebuild markets, that was kind of my thing. So they bring me in, markets weren't doing well, and get them going and then move on to the next one. One of the things that I would always tell people that if you want to grow market or market share, grow your people first. When you grow your people, what you end up doing is you grow the customer experience. Mm -hmm. And when the customer experience grows, you grow market share. That makes sense. Totally. Makes a lot of sense. What do you think the difference is between a mission statement and casting a vision? 
Yeah, we get that a lot, you know, um, and I always revert back a little bit. You know, mission statements have gotten a bad rap. You know, in the <laughs> 80s and 90s, you know, they were, what, nine pages long? They were hung on the wall. and You should be able to memorize it, that's right? That's right, yeah. And nobody yeah. could re- remember a mission statement from years ago. And so it became really kind of uncool. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm involved in some organizations that um, that we have a mission statement that re- is really the guiding principle. So in my opinion, the mission statement is what guides you. Mm-hmm. So if you've done it right or you've looked at it, you mm-hmm. can use it as a tool to make that decision when you or your board or your executive team is together. And do, is it guided by that? And I think it's really, really powerful. A sense. vision statement, in my opinion, is more what do I want to be when I grow up? Mm-hmm. Or what do I want to be kind of when I get there? Uh-huh. And great leaders understand the importance in casting that so that everybody falls in line. I like it. Yeah. Makes sense. How do you stay focused on your organization's vision? Well, one of the things that um, that I think leaders need to be able to do is draw a very clear picture in their mind of what that is, as I said, when you grow up or when you get there. And I think that it's one of the powerful things that leaders do when, when you have a really kind of a visual image of what that looks like and feels like mm-hmm. and take that time to reflect. I'll give you a really good example. When I took over... One of my first markets, I mean, team members, by and large, were fairly disengaged. The, the bank itself had a bad reputation in the community. So it was not, it was not uncommon for me to leave for lunch, and, and there would be one, maybe two cars in the entire parking lot. I mean, it looked like That's a ghost rough. town. It is rough. was rough. And uh, what was interesting is when I took over that market, I, would always, I started parking in the farthest back parking lot, mm-hmm. right, the stall, mm-hmm. farthest way. Now, the parking lot wasn't really big, but after about a week and a half, the team asked me, we were in a meeting, they said, why do you park back there? There's all this, <laughs> you know, why do you walk Plenty that way? Are you trying to get in shape or what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe true. Uh, and I said, because that's where leaders park. And I said, what, what you don't see yet is what I see. And I see a parking lot that is so full of customers that that's the only place that I have the ability to park. This is a true story. Nice. And they and there was a number of them that snickered at me at that time, like, mm-hmm. okay, they're looking around, right? right? The place is a ghost town. Within three years in that market, I came back from lunch one day, true story, and I'm looking around and go, where the heck do I park? Yeah. And the only slot was open was the one that I had that was the farthest <laughs> away. And I walked into that. I remember walking in the bank, and it was really surreal, right? You uh-huh. know, and walking through, and that's full. And you walk in, and the, and the lobby's buzzing, and everybody's got a customer at their desk. Yep. And then you realize that that vision, that, that picture that I always had, yep. is really what come true. And I think that that's picture awesome. really, Sally is what helps leaders to make those decisions on the spot. That's really smart. It's good thinking. How do leaders change the culture? They define Besides it. Besides parking in the back. Yeah, uh, culture uh, Culture is interesting. In my opinion, culture in an organization is the personality. Mm-hmm. It's the personality of the organization itself. So I think about in the chamber, when I walk in here, you know, whether it's 8 o'clock in the morning when we have a masterminds right. meeting or if any time, you know, there's always a culture of people are excited. You've mm-hmm. created that. You've all created that. And so that's kind of the personality of your organization. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, what, what you really want to be able to do is you really want to be able to say, what is it that we accomplish? What is it we stand for? And culture is the attitude that you have mm-hmm. while you do it. Sure. So leaders, we, we as leaders, uh, they can go out, anybody can go out and say, this is what we do. Leaders can always go out and say, and this is the quality in which we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But really defining what your culture is is saying, how are we going to enjoy it while we do it? And what I, does that feel like? I, I totally stand by, if you're not having fun while you're working something's wrong. I I mean, I don't 
love every minute of every day. I don't think anybody does, but you should actually, I think, like look forward to getting up and getting into the office and, and, you know, being productive and working with your team. If you're not, I think you're in the wrong place. Yeah. You know, I've told people in the past, it's like, if you're not like having fun here, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you should find something else. Uh, of course, they've left. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. okay because it's healthier, I think, in the end for everybody involved. That's right. You know, I, I mean, our culture here, we want people to enjoy coming to the chamber, get something out of coming mm -hmm. to the chamber. Sometimes we have serious meetings, but yeah. there should be something, I don't know, fun and something that you look forward to when you're coming. If you're taking time out of your day yeah. to, to go to a meeting, whether it's a chamber meeting or anything else, there should be something that you're looking forward to about that. Whether you're getting information, you're meeting new prospects, yeah. maybe you're just enjoying it because it's fun for some reason. Right. Like there's got to be something you look forward to. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Otherwise, the culture's wrong. And somebody, I had, I had learned a long time ago when it was really good advice that culture is bought and culture is intentional. And what that means is that when you come in the door, like I said, mm -hmm. I always have that analogy when it clicks behind you, yeah. well, how am I going to develop yeah. people, but how am I going to create that culture? When I say that it's bought, what I typically mean is a lot of times when things go sideways, the first thing leaders do is cut the wrong things. <laughs> They yeah. cut the things that are morale building or the, those types of things. And I get it. You have to manage the bottom line, sure. and that makes sense. But you can really do some inexpensive things, whether it's pizzas, buy people T-shirts that match, I mean, whatever that happens to be, yeah. to create a culture. But it's always, always intentional, yeah. and the leader drives that. That makes sense. Yeah. How do you think leadership styles have changed over the past 20 years, and are there certain things that have stayed the same? Yeah, it's changed uh, quite a bit. Now, the, f the fundamentals of being a leader, Sally, are, are still tried and true. You know, it's developing people and doing those things mm -hmm. and casting vision, leading change. Those have all changed, all the same. I think the style in which managers go about today is different. So if you go back into the 90s when I was starting my career, for the most part, it was kind of that, um, have you ever heard the analogy of the donkey and the carrot? So, so, so it's really where someone's sitting on the back of the donkey with yeah. a fishing pole holding right. the carrot out. And that's how people led. So it was kind of right. that idea of you work really hard, stay late, do all the things necessary, then, uh, then I'm going to lead you to something better. And mm -hmm. everybody was kind of shooting for that corner sure. office. And that, that worked. That worked fine because if you found people that wanted to move up like me, I was really motivated mm -hmm. by that culture. But some people were not. Now, what shifted over time is that the relationship with the employees are, is more collaborative. Mm -hmm. It's more of a partnership, if you will, in which how do I make you better? Mm -hmm. How do I help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve? And I think that, that that's a big part of it. Now, feedback back in the day used to be, it was, it was that old, uh, I call it the feedback crud sandwich, right? Where, <laughs> where you, you'd get, a, you'd get you know, the really bad news that you needed to change, but then they'd slap on top of it on the bottom something really nice. And then you'd only get that once a year. Yeah. And so you were left with, well, how do I really improve? What am I really supposed to do different? Sure. And people were lost. So that, hence the, the donkey and the carrot. Yep. But today, I think that your generation, like your millennials mm -hmm. and the Zs that are coming along now they're expecting something more collaborative mm -hmm. something that's more uh, more frequent feedback is really really important mm -hmm. and at the end of the day they just want to be the best version of themselves and it's our job to get them there smart tips here larry anything else you want to talk about because i know you're coming back next week no, I think uh, I think at the end of it, uh, uh, leadership um, leadership takes courage, and there's a lot of times, Sally, 
that we have to lead farther than we've ever walked before. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to cast that vision, develop a culture, and be able to define what that actually looks like, you can lead people to to greater places than they thought possible. Good information. You can get more information in Larry's book, Walk the Sales Plank, at Amazon. Larry, thanks for joining us today on the Inside Business Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on the Inside Business Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org.